Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Prez Logan. I've got my co-host. Ricky at Dog VP Etridge. Uh, welcome to the show. And how you going, at Dog? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good, thank you. I'm uh, day. Well, I will be day three into dry July, and recording this on day one. So I'm going to imagine by the time this is coming out at six o'clock on a Friday night, I'll be probably on the floor in a fetal position. You know, got the shakes on, more than likely. Yeah. Very cool. Probably, <laughs> probably accurate. <laughs> you'll be right mate you'll be right it's only a month you'll be right you'll get through and you, you say it's only a month but my uh wife messaged me yesterday saying that her, her sister and her husband her kids were going to come around uh maybe next weekend to see us before the baby comes and she was like oh ricky and the brother-in-law can have a you know, beer in the bar and when Cal messaged me saying, oh, I told you we were doing dry July and they were, almost fell over. I was like, oh, what am I doing dry July for? I'm now missing out literally just having a catch-up beer with people. It just feels weird. But should be all right, mate. Are we good? It's all right, mate. I've done it for 16 years and, and mate, I'm still in the, the club with my can of Sprite <laughs> or whatever and I still have just as good a time. You don't need to have a beer, mate. It's, uh, uh, as I said to you off, off the air, mate, it'll be the first time since I was about... 18, uh, 16, 17, where I'm going to be going... Go with 18, the legal drinking age. <laughs> well, legal age of both of them, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, first, I was 18, that uh, I'll be cigarette and alcohol-free for a period longer than a couple of days. Well, a period longer than a Sunday, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, a month, going a month off the beers, and I'm currently... Uh, speaking of that, I'm actually, where am I? Uh, as this comes out, I'll be 243 days smoke free. So very nice. Big very life nice. changes for me. And obviously for the benefit of myself and my future daughter. It'd be good to tick off that one year milestone. For yeah, that I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I was, the other day I was just like, oh, I've got to be close to 250 now. I was like 225. I was like, oh, God damn it. But uh, anyway, mate. Where, speaking of speaking of uh, beer and enjoying a good time, where are we off to today? Uh, we're going back over to Ireland. We're going to chat first with... time to Ireland, but oh yeah, true. <laughs> it's because we're in that region, you know, your Scotland's and your England. All right, we're going back just... over to Europe, ish, and going to Ireland. We're going to chat yeah. with Owen O'Sullivan from the Leaside Lions. This man uh, wears quite a few hats. Yeah, and he uh, he's played a fair bit of footy. He's played GAA. He's bloody hurling, all that crazy shit. Um, it was a great chat, and we had a good time with this one. Yeah, mate. So, um, it's like as we mentioned, you know, he's a man of plenty of hat. Uh, he wears plenty of hats, mate. He's also um, you know, director of AFO Island, which he decided just to not mention. Yeah. I get a, I get a message off him a few days, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, talking about something else, and he just just dropped that in there. And another one that we get off the chat with him, and we could have asked had a whole other hour with him asking other stuff. So, but um, yeah, well, it's it's been the best part about these chats with all these clubs overseas is how much we're learning um, about what they're doing overseas. For you know, the game is not even native to them. It's uh, yeah. 
he just met a mate, but it happened to have this odd shaped ball and oh yeah, give it a crack. And he's been bloody involved in it pretty much just as long as we have. Yeah, he's uh, also part of the MCG and uh, hit a bloke nice and hard on the MCG in the final. So that uh, was a good chat, mate. Um, uh, as I've mentioned a couple of times on uh, the live episode we done Wednesday night, that a lot of this chat we actually speak about the crossover between Gaelic football and Australian Aussie rules and um, uh, quite a lot of this early stage of this interview, we actually get sort of stuck right into that. It was actually quite eye-opening. And I'll tell you what, mate, we had another hour with him. We could have just sat there and kept talking. We actually ended up having to pull ourselves back on track because he was on a tight, tight schedule in between on his lunch break from remote learning or remote teaching and I think it got about 9.30 on Wednesday night across here. So we're like, okay, we've got to get back on track. But yeah, we could have spoke to, to him for a shitload longer. Yeah, yeah, we spoke about all all things over in Ireland. We even you know, got on to buddy Conor McGregor there for a bit. And, and uh, he, you know, his influence over on the Irish over there. So yeah, it was a great chat. Full of a lot of information. I hope everyone enjoys it. And we'll uh, catch you on the next one. Boys. Uh, today, we would like to welcome the Vice President of the Leaside Lions, Owen O'Sullivan. How are you going today, mate? Hi, boys. Yeah, we're good. I got here in Ireland. Uh, beautiful. Uh, thanks for joining us. I knew there was a little bit of a mix-up of the times, but um, we're <laughs> glad you're able to jump on for us now. So we yeah. could uh, yeah, hear a bit about it. Work out the time zones. I thought it was 8 p.m. in Ireland, but sure, look, we're good. We're on now. We're good to go. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so yeah, let's find a bit about the Leaside Lions and so when and how were the Lions founded? Um, well, the Lions are 20 years old this year, so I think it was, um, yeah, 2000 that the Lions were set up, um, kind of from very humble beginnings, really. Uh, the, the founders were, were Brisbane fans, um, and they, they just kind of took the name from there, it tied in with the river that runs through the city here on Cork in Ireland is uh, the River Lee, so just Leaside is where the name comes from, Leaside Lions. And um, I suppose the, the alliteration with the Leaside Lions kind of works well too. So that's kind of how it came, 20 years. I think they, they set up um, initially with maybe five or six boys who were interested in, in AFL. And it was very hard to get AFL on the TV here and everything. So bit by bit, it kind of built. There was already a team set up in Dublin and Belfast. And um, they kind of set together with three teams and the team, the, the league grew from there, you know. Yeah, nice. So who was the the club's first game against and sort of how many players did they have back when they first started? So um, the, the first game was uh, against the Dublin Demons. It was in um, like what was called a Super Lions competition. You see, um, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have full-size ovals here in Ireland. We'd have GA pitches or rugby pitches or whichever. So we'd play a kind of a an alternate kind of version of the game with less numbers instead of the 18 inside. So the first game was against uh, the Dublin Demons. I think it was 12, 12 Lions 20 years ago. Travel up to Dublin and um, they had been kind of training kind of throughout the winter before that so they played I think it was March or April and uh, that was the first game not sure how it went I've been trying to figure out how they, did they get up or were they beaten but um, we'll say they won we'll say they won yeah, so yeah take I'm, it I'm not going to fact check it fact check it so let's go they won <laughs> um, how hard is it to get players to come down to play for your club over up over there it, it's sometimes you get people who are, who are crazy interested they come down they, they train once or they play one game and they're just hooked that, that's what happened to me but um, see we're competing with a, a very similar game our own indigenous game here is uh, Gaelic football and the season because we play throughout the summer here um, the season ties in the very same time as GA. so even though it wouldn't be as much commitment GA might train three four times a week depending on what level you're playing with and you could be playing with the club you could be playing different age levels you could be playing uh, a step above that then in Winter County and things. So um, it, it's difficult enough to get guys to fully commit to AFL, but then uh, like I always find that once a guy comes down and he, he kicks the footy around and he sees kind of the, the benefits you get, like a, a quick comparison with GA is if you catch the ball in GA, you can still get tackled. Whereas if you mark a mark in AFL, you control the game. Whereas in, and also in GA, you can, you can avoid a tackle by just stepping right. Whereas in AFL, you've got to go a lot further because that guy can wrap you up. So um, you kind of get rewarded in the AFL, obviously, for the if you do things correctly. And that's kind of the, what would you call it, the carrot for guys to come along and say, okay, well, I'm decent in the air. I've got a good boot. 
Um, I got good awareness and, and guys like that, you know. So it's not it's not very difficult to, to recruit guys. I think it's initially getting them down and then most of them stick around, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. With the uh like the influx of Gaelic footballers making their way across to the AFL in the last decade or so, does that make it a little bit easier for players to find, sort of find interest in Aussie rules and come across to try it out? Yeah, like as well nowadays like AFL is, is two clicks away on, on a laptop, you know, boys can, can find out about it. And especially when you see, say, like I, I live in Cork, and when you see guys from Cork have gone over and they're playing over and you, you can watch them or you can follow their progress on, on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, it, you kind of say, Jesus, I remember him at that age and he was this good and I'm, I'm around that level, I might give it a go. And as well, like in Cork, we, we have the Leaside Lions, but there's also two university clubs. So, um, it's kind of a, a nice stepping stone to, to get to the lines. You can play with the CIT Saints, you can play with the UCC Bombers. And um, I, I think that, I suppose the world is a lot smaller than it was 20 years ago. Guys can kind of find out a lot more about AFL. They can go on YouTube and learn a few skills. We have guys coming down that own their own football and know the rules and can kick properly already because they've, they've done a bit of background check and guys are travelling to Australia for uh, a year out and this and that. So, It'd be good to get a basis, you know? Yeah, it makes life a lot easier when they've at least seen the game and can do the research. So you said that, uh, obviously, you can see the players from Cork head over to the AFL. Who are some uh, Irish players from Cork that have made it into the AFL? Well, the the big one and one of the first ones was um, Satanto Alpine. So he came um, from Cork. He was playing uh, Gaelic football, but he was also playing hurling. And hurling was kind of his main sport, and he travelled over to Carlton and GWS after that. And uh, his younger brother, Isaacy, um, he also went. But uh, as of late, you've had Mark Keane has been a, a recruit lately. Um, there's, there's a few more, like Kerry are right next to us. You obviously have Ty Kennelly from Kerry. And then um, there's a few more boys going. So um, they, have, they run the combine, like AFL Europe run, a, well, the AFL run a combine in Dublin every year. And um, some, of the, some of the top stars on 17-18 of GAA football go to that but they get guys in from Denmark they get guys in from all over really and uh, I'd imagine the, the scouts are there the, the recruits are there um, checking out the times like these boys post serious 20 metre sprint times and vertical leap t- um, measurements and things so it, like what I've heard and like I, I do a bit of coaching at the university level it's great getting guys who are fit and aware of, of football in general but they have no bad habits yet. You can teach them properly how to kick, where to move, what to do, and their instincts will do the rest. So that's why I think you'd see a lot of GA guys at a high level fast-tracked into maybe after one year over, they're getting in lists straight away, you know? Yeah. So obviously GA in Ireland is like the main sport. Is there a bit of a, uh, what's the right word, like when players leave the GA to go to AFL, do the GA sort of look down upon that as a bit like, well, that's yeah. sort of like shit, annoying type of thing? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bit of loggerheads. But, you know, there's, there's two sides. Well, there's a lot of sides, I suppose, to that. But um, the, the way I look at that, obviously, I'm, I'm biased in the way that I, I'm playing AFL and I play GA all my life. I think the GA lose a lot more players to rugby and soccer and just going out drinking and chasing women and they'll ever lose to AFL really, you know. I just It's a few high-profile boys have, have gone to the AFL. Um, that said, like you look at Ty Canelli, he came back from AFL and helped Kerry win the championship, you know. Um, Tommy Walsh is another boy from Kerry has come back and he's helping them now. You had, um, oh, his name escapes, you know, from down, uh, Marty Clark was playing with Collingwood. Uh, he came back and helped down to get to the championship final here. So, um, I'd imagine those boys come back and they'd help their clubs and help their counties a lot. But it is a bit of a sour taste that there's on the GA side of things, they're thinking, geez, we've nurtured these guys since they were four or five years of age, 13 years of playing and training and coaching, and then the AFL come in and whip them away. But how can you stop an 18-year-old from chasing a professional career in sport? You know, you can't really. Yeah, that was something that uh, Ty Canelli, you know, he was probably one of the first real big um, superstars that emerged out of GA and um, for him when he sort of you know he probably had plenty of good footy left in him but you know he said I'm going to hang up my Aussie rules boots and I'm going to go back and and, yeah. and and play for my county and and you know chase that championship was uh, quite admirable and uh, 
um, and also brought sort of a lot of attention to the GA over there. And like you said, I think you're in a lucky spot where that sport is so similar in a way, mm-hmm. but but it's different enough that it you know guys that might not you know like you said like the fact that yeah. they can get tackled uh, uh, after they've marked it and stuff like the differences from footy you can then get some players that are more suited to that game. Well, I I think it, any guy that's going to uh, give it a go. Is, is one that's up for a challenge, you know, and taking on a whole new sport, it, of course it's a challenge. A lot of guys who have gone wouldn't have played much or would have very little experience with a sharing, but I think the coaches enjoy that. They say, look, this guy is made for this position and this is our need. We can teach him how to kick. We can teach him the, the setups. He's got no bad habits. He's got no inhibitions already. So it's like a blank canvas. You're just, you're just getting an athlete that you, yeah. that you know can run, that can mark, that can tackle, that can do X, Y, Z, you know. And same at AFLW. Like, there's, there's a, a lot of Irish girls have gone over to play AFLW and there's a bit of a, a what do you call it, an argument, I suppose, going on at the moment with, in particularly with Mayo, where Pierce Hanley is from. Um, there's, I think there's four or five girls from their ladies team have gone over to play AFLW. Now, they're in a fort- fortunate position that as soon as the AFLW season is over, they can come back and play GA immediately. So, I, I suppose it's, it's slightly different to the men's, but, I, I don't see an issue with it personally, with a guy or a girl going over, giving okay. it a go. If it works out, fantastic for them. And so GA is still semi-professional, isn't it? It's not classed as a full... Oh, it's it's completely amateur. There's, there's no yeah. professional stream to it whatsoever. It's completely oh, okay. amateur. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the opportunity to play in front of big crowds and actually earn some money playing a sport, I think it'd be very appealing to some of the top guys playing, playing that mm-hmm. sport, for sure. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned hurling. That is one of the sports that I just don't understand. You've got to be mad to play that game. Uh, no, look, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to find a, a house anywhere in Ireland that doesn't have a hurley somewhere, you know. It's, it's, it's just that, I mean, I've heard stories of, of hurlers going to all over the place and holidays bringing their hurley and people thought they were cricket bats and then when they see guys striking the ball 100 miles an hour, catching it here, yeah, striking yeah. it back the other way. People can't get over it, but it, it's funny. There was a, um, obviously, like I said earlier, that anybody can watch anything on YouTube or stream things now. There's people all over the world with the last couple of years have seen hurling kind of going, what the hell is this? Yeah, there's yeah. 30 guys with sticks. just but He just hit him in the head and there's no free. What's the story? <laughs> but um, I reckon I, I, was, I was up late one night, couldn't sleep, had the Foxtel on and there was a, it must have been a championship game or something going on. And I'm watching this going, this is absolutely nuts. What these guys are able to do with, you know, tapping the ball along and hitting it and then clean each other up. And yeah, I was like, oh, these guys are mad for sure. Yeah. And, and not, not a cent. They don't get a cent. They get up, they go to work the next morning. It's, uh, it's, it's outrageous really. Yeah. Yeah. And um, no wonder that uh, Santanto helped him play that game. Cause he was as crazy as they come when he was over here. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good boy, I know Stante. He was. I was in school with Stante. He's a nice guy. Yeah, so to, yeah. You've you would have seen the clip of him. Oh yeah, in, in <laughs> training. Yeah, yeah, training. Yeah. <laughs> Not the his point finest, was okay. It was it was the kick after was kind of catching. Him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's good. I'm a Carlton supporter, so he's a good man. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But um, so where are we? So we have the international rule series that's played. You know, every couple of years between Australia and Ireland, and uh, has that sort of helped gain some interest over there? When um, you know, when our boys aren't causing trouble in the pubs and stuff. Yeah, um, I suppose like I don't know, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, it was it was a glorified brawl, really. But I think the last couple of outings, they've been it's it's good competitive games. It creates a lot of debate online because I mean, the compromise rules, like the international rules, that they're very much heavily weighted in favour of the Irish game, I think. It's an Irish-sized pitch. Irish, uh, there's 15 on the team. It's a, a round ball or a circle ball or whatever. Um, and it, it's really only the tackle and the scoring, excuse me, the tackle and the scoring that, that ties in with AFL. Um, but you, you see, like it, it's the best of the best of the Aussies come over and they're, they're playing, I suppose it is... Um, I would just say professionals versus amateurs. Now, amateur by name, but the GA boys, I think I'm doing them a disservice by saying they're amateur because they train just like professionals. They, their ability level is, is sky high, you know, so 
I think I think it's great and it does create a bit of debate because the Aussies when they win people are saying how, how are they beating us at their own game and then people come back saying well they train five times a week they have the best of everything they have like physios masseuse and nutrition plans but I think GA teams have that too the only thing is the GA players have to get up and go to work the next day where the boys have more time to recover so um, look I, I think it's great it, it does heighten the awareness of AFL uh, in not just in Ireland but around Europe you know you have people coming from uh, the UK and from all over really to, to see the games at Crow Park so it, it definitely definitely helps kind of grow the game you know yeah sure so being that Gaelic is the big sport over there is where where do you guys actually get to train and play the game do you have a, a Gaelic club that you get to use their pitch or, or what are you doing to use to, to, to play train? GA is it no no to, to play Aussie rules to train for your game oh yeah do you so have a, we train in um in Cork, we train in a like a, a local park. They've it's kind of just a lot of pitches that you can you can rent one out, and and train there. But um, at, like if you go to your local GA club and say, look, can we get the pitch for an hour on a Wednesday? Or if you go to the uni club and say, can we can we book a slot for whatever evening? They're usually fairly accommodating, and you get your you get your boys down and get out and kick your footies and come back. But like it's crazy because. We could be training, and then the hurling team will come on after us, and they're looking at us. Most of the time, they think it's rugby, and we wouldn't be ones to wear the sleeveless tops training because it's so cold sometimes. <laughs> but you get some hardy boys, and guys come over and they're asking questions. They're interested. It's like, are you guys playing AFL? I didn't even realize there was a league here, kind of thing. And we've recruited a lot of boys through that, you know. But um, yeah, we 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 train in a local park, and we play games in a local GA pitch. And once you're up front and honest, and say, look. This is what we're playing. This is what we're about. Can we rent the field? They're, they're pretty much okay with it, yeah. Yeah, nice. So how many games do you guys get to play in a season? Um, well, there, there's five um, five men's teams in Ireland and you play everybody home and away. So um, say we're in Cork, we might play the South Dublin Swans in Dublin and play them again in Cork. Same with Galway, Belfast, North Munster. Um, then you'd have uh, preliminary finals and finals. Uh Huge games usually two three weeks apart, but obviously with with COVID and all this, it's it's kind of put off. Then it's kind of fully twelve months of the year here because as soon as the that season ends, ends the university season starts up. So unis run from September to maybe April. So um, if if you wanted to, you could be kicking footy all year round. You know. So you mentioned that there was um a couple of other clubs in Cork. Does that help with being able to play games before the season begins because you got clubs so close together? Yeah, de- well, definitely here in Cork anyway, because um, we, we set up a thing called the Leaside League, which um, it has CIT Saints, UCC Bombers and Leaside Lions in it. And we play on a Wednesday evening, so the students are still around. They're not gone home at the weekends. Um, and we play on the lights at night time, so the, boys, the Lions boys, the older boys who are working, are still available that evening. And uh, we go out, we get the games done. It's, it's great for the, the university boys, particularly the, the new boys, because... Say the guys who played last year would know the run of things, but the guys who didn't, there's, there's no better way to learn it to win and play against some experienced uh, players. And then it keeps the, the Lions guys who are out of season just taking over if they want to get out and kick a ball or, or meet some new guys. So it definitely helps. Um, and then we, we've other things like the Rebel Shield, which is just UCC versus the Lions, but the Lions would be bolstered by a few uh, Saints boys or uh, other way around or whichever. And um it definitely gives us, there's a great competitive edge there. Like everyone goes out for a beer after and everything, but you still don't want to lose to a lot of new guys. The new guys don't want to lose to the old heavy lads. So uh, it's, a, it's a good crack, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it would be if you're a veteran of 10 years, the last thing you want to do is get showed up by a bike that's only just picked the footy up for the first time. Yeah, um, yeah. So you're actually quite a successful club in the AFL Island Premiership. How many clubs, oh, how many clubs, how many championships have you guys won? Um, I I think we have six. Yeah, we have six. I think it's it's the most of, of any club. I think we won over. Um, I think the Demons of five, Swans of five, and Belfast Redbacks have five, and they're the reigning premiers at the minute. They're uh, they're they're pretty formidable side. In fairness to them, they beat us in the grand final last year. But we have six. Yeah, our last one came in uh, in twenty seventeen. Uh, we got that. Uh, we won twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, and um. Hopefully we can get back to our 20-year anniversary. If we can get back to the grand final again this year and maybe kind of go one step further, it would be great. Yeah, fingers crossed. So I'm the one that uh, writes up the question. Then I literally just shoot him off to Rifty and he just checks him pretty much once we get going. How's this, Rifty? 
So champions in 2002, 2003, 2005, 2007, 2016, 2017, and in 2016, undefeated throughout the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. It was pretty phenomenal. It was the first time it had happened. Um, we, we had a coach, Chris. He's, he's back coaching this year. He's, he's excellent, in fairness. Um, and he, he takes great pride in that, that he went the, the entire year undefeated. Um, and we were beaten once in the, or twice maybe in the, the regular season the following year. So um, there's, there's a, a tournament there. I don't know. It might be a later question. There's a tournament there called the, the Champions League, um, whereas they take the champions from all the, the countries in Europe. Um, so we went on to represent Ireland in that. It was on, in Amsterdam. It's a one-day tournament, nine aside. You could be playing six or seven games, 20 minutes long each game. It's it's tough, tough going. Um, Ten-minute halves kind of things. It's it's really good. And we went to the semi-final of that, and we were beaten by the West London Wildcats. We went on to win it. So we, like that that was a, a very successful season. And like I don't know. I'd never had before we were the first team to do it. I'm not sure Belfast might have gone season without being beaten I'm not sure I'm not certain of that but I know we were the first anyway we'll take you that you just claimed you're the first, yeah. well, first doesn't, it doesn't matter who else does it yeah what, what, so I've heard about this Champions League in Amsterdam and it sounds like quite the weekend and one of the things we're always asking is how hard is it to convince the missus to let you go to it uh, um, I, <laughs> not there anyway um, I know look I mean if, if you're committed to, to the footy, she, she understands that you're out training, you're out playing games, and you've earned your right to go. Um, I, I didn't have an issue. Uh, just said I was going over. I went two years in a row because we won 26, 2017, or 16, 17. Um, it's, it's great. I mean, we fly out maybe on the Friday, um, try and keep our heads down a little bit as best you can in Amsterdam, I suppose, because we're playing Saturday. And as soon as you're knocked out, you're just you're on the beer and you're having a crack and trying to figure out a way home on Sunday. We, we've won a two boys that have missed a flight on a Sunday um, <laughs> through their own fault, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good fun, yeah. We've heard, we've heard stories from, I think it was Cardiff, with a bloke that had organised a weekend away with the missus in Amsterdam and just happened to, you know, it was on, had his footy boots with him to, I think, Manchester. The first couple of years they went, just got on the piss. And then the third year, they're like, all right, we actually need to take this seriously now. And yeah, we hear some good stories about that weekend, and yeah. we don't need to go to uh, get across to one rifty just just for the football. That's it, yeah, just the yeah. football. The football, definitely. <laughs> just the football. That, well, we we had one boy. He's a he's our, our resident Aussie. He's the only Aussie we have, and uh, <laughs> it was the following Sunday. We're all having full Irish breakfast, and uh, one or two boys having points, nursing sore heads, and he just hear a big "Oh fuck!" Like, what Ingo? What's up? He was like. His flight was for 10 a.m. He thought it was 10 p.m. And he was just stuck in Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, we were, it was like a straight to the bar, another point. We oh, laughed yeah. throughout the day, the whole day from so funny. <laughs> so do you guys get to play in any other tournaments throughout Europe? Um, I know Belfast have the Leprechaun Cup. Have you, mm-hmm. Do you go across for that as well? Uh, yeah, that's just up the, the other end of the country. We, we travel up on a bus and a few cars and, and play in that, all right, yeah. But there's invitationals everywhere. Like we've we've been to um, the Haggis Cup in Scotland. Um, there's the Mozzie Cup in Manchester. There's uh, I don't think we've attended yet, but there's a kind of a, um, a Lions Cup. I'm not sure who organises that. There's Lions in in Paris, or not in Paris, and um, somewhere in France. I can't remember the name. There's the London Lions. There's ourselves. There's the Lions up in in Denmark as well, and they'd all come together. One of the clubs hosts it. So there's invitational tournaments all the time that you can go to. It's just the cost of getting on a flight and like a lot of our boys would be students so they have to get time off or guys getting time off work and I suppose if they're committing um, like the guys that will go to that some guys will go just for the footy trip the social side but other guys are playing trying to get to the national team level so they're giving up a lot of weekends there and they're travelling for tournaments all the time so yeah th- th- there's there's invitational tournaments all the time and and like the, the community here in, in Ireland and in Europe in particular they're very welcoming. Like if you just mentioned someone and said, look, we'd be interested in calling over. They'll, they'll go sort out your accommodation for you. They'll make it as easy as possible for you to get there, you know? So it's great. It's really good that way. Awesome. Yeah, we spoke to uh, the, the the Rhineland Lions not too long ago, another Lions club based out in Germany. Um, yeah. You mentioned that some blokes are trying to play for the international side. So doing my research for this, I 
realised that Ireland are a bloody powerhouse when it comes to uh, Aussie rules football. Um, mm-hmm. You've got some credible numbers at the AFL International Cup. Is it the expectation of Aussie rules and Ireland that when you go to the AFL International Cup, you should be coming back with silverware and success? Yeah, uh, like I, I, I don't know. I think everyone should think that way, that if you're going to a tournament, you go to win, no matter what tournament it is. And um, I, I wouldn't say it's innately Irish. I think it's, if you're a sports person, regardless of nationality, like why would you, like some people say to take apart, it's to take apart that counts. It is, but like, I mean, I, I don't see the point in, in going to something with the mentality that sure, we, we'll give it a go and we'll see how we go. You go to win. And I mean, Ireland have, have won in 02, they've won in 2011. Um, they're, they've, they're savage talent around, around the island, you know. We don't, like, our coaches, they wouldn't pick the guys who are playing high standard GA unless they've been training, unless they've been committed to the AFL teams. So it, it's not the, the you're, you're not picking the likes of uh, Pierce Hanley or Zach Tui or Satanta or Ty Kennedy. They're not the guys that play in the national team. It'll be the top guys in our league or the top Irish guys that are playing in the London league or a few of the Irish guys that are based over in Oz. They come together and you get a, a serious pool of talent there, you know. Um, but no, they, they, you should definitely go to win it. I mean, why, why would you put all that commitment in just to go over and say, sure, look, we can't, we can't compete with New Zealand or Papua New Guinea or USA or whoever, you know, of course you can. Yeah, exactly right. So again, Rift, I'm going to read some stats for you here, mate, because again, I found quite a few stats doing this. So there have been six AFL International Cup tournaments. Ireland have won it in 2002 and 2011, finished second in 2014, third in 2017, in 2005 and 2008, finished fourth. But yeah, this one, mate. So the women's team. The women have been to three tournaments. They won it in 2011 and 2017. Runners up in 2014. So across their three tournaments, they've played 15 games. Have a guess how many they've won, Rift? Two. How many they've won? How many games they've won in 15 when they've won two championships? Oh, one. No, yeah. They've won 15. Close, 14. They've lost one 14. game in their three tournaments. How incredible is that? Yeah, that's, they're, they're uh, that's fair of it. Um, all right, so this guy usually asks questions about the round ball because he's a big fan of soccer, not the Gaelic round ball, but the soccer. But being that you're Irish and I'm a fan of combat sports and UFC, and one of the biggest UFC stars comes from Ireland, Conor yeah. McGregor. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of his or a fan of UFC, but what's it like over there when he's he's got a big fight on and, and defending or you know competing for one of the world titles? Um, I suppose like this is kind of a personal opinion, but I think when he first came out, he, he's a very driven guy as well. He he said from the beginning, "I want to take over. I, I want to do this. I want to be the best of the best," and and he did. Outside of the the octagon, he he hasn't been the, the squeaky clean kind of image that you'd expect from a guy, but he, he excused the pun, but he pulls no punches. He is who he is, you know? Um, you can't argue with what he's done in, inside the octagon. He, he's beaten all comers. He's, he's taken a beating, but he gets up. Uh, just recently with the, the current crisis, he's donated millions to, to causes here in Ireland. So there, there's, there's good there, and there's, there's a downside too of, I mean, you've seen videos of him getting in fights in bars and and everything else but uh, like he's kind of marmite really that you some guys who love him they'll stay up till two three in the morning and watch the fight and guys who are just into mma i'd watch it kind of if it was on i wouldn't turn it off kind of thing but look he's he's successful and you got to give him credit for that he's he's good at what he does it's the other side of things people will um kind of maybe look down on him but i mean he's one of our own he's good in his field You, you can't knock that you know it's always one of the unfortunate things that though is that like over here, I don't know about you, Rift, but I had absolutely no idea that he donated millions of dollars across into uh, the communities. Yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'm just going to shut up then. <laughs> I need to pay more attention. <laughs> now, obviously, like in Australia, we have, we have a pretty big, uh, what we call tall poppy syndrome. So when guys are doing well at something, there's a lot of people that like to cut them down and, and you know, and one thing, like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of his, uh, um, you know, but I respect what he's been able to achieve. And 
the what I love about when he's fighting is you see this massive Irish support, and yeah, you know, he draw not only when he's fought over there, but when he's fought in America, it's this place yeah. is packed full of Irish supporters, and it's it's something that you know you just can't you can't help but be in awe of what he's been able to do and the support he get gets from his uh, countrymen is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think kind of the Irish are renowned for their support. Same with the, the soccer team, just the, the best fans in the world and all this, but it's just like, give us anything to shout about and we, we'll show louder than anybody else. It doesn't matter what the sport is or what the, the occasion is. I mean, if it's for Tuesday is better than your Tuesday, we're going to shout about it as loud as we can, you know? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Oh, we'll get back to the footy, but I'll, yeah. <laughs> it was your quote when you said, um, if you're not there to take part, you're there to take over, or, you know, that was yeah, something yeah. he used as a quote. So that's why it triggered uh, triggered that in my thoughts. But uh, so how yeah. long have you been involved with the Lions and how did you become a member of the, the club's committee? Um, I, it was 2009, I got, I got first playing. There was a, a buddy of mine there, Keen Quigley. Uh, we were working on a summer course. He's a teacher as well, and he had a, a footy in the booth. So I asked him about it. He said it was a club. So I got involved. And um, following year, uh, I think it was a, two years later, 2011, I kind of got involved in the committee um, just as a, an OCM and, uh, and other committee member, just to have a bit of a say about various things, training or Guernsey design or whatever it was. And uh, I've been involved pretty much every year since. So um, I'm, I was a president a couple of years ago, um, vice president now behind my namesake, Ian O'Sullivan. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of how I got involved. Yeah, it's good. It's always nice when people get involved, especially so early in your days at the club. Um, so what other positions do you guys have in the committee? Like you've got the president, so, vice um, president. Yeah, president, vice president. We have a PRO, Cahill uh, Curran. We have a treasurer, Paul Junior Ryan. Um, then we our coach, Chris O'Brien, he's in our committee as well. And then we have a players rep, is usually the captain. Uh, our captain at the moment is uh, Kev Jones. Um, and then we, we have two other uh, OCMs, so like other committee members. Uh, one is Keen O'Mani. He's um, one of the, the UCC boys. And then our past president, Paul Murphy, is a current player as well. So what we usually do is we keep on last year's president or the previous president. You could have a president for three, four years, but the last president stays on just to kind of be a sounding board really for an incoming president. And if there's any questions of how do we go about this last year? Or what was that? He's there as a, as a thing, as a, like I said, a sounding board, but we try and keep it to a, an uneven number in the committee if we can, just so if there's any vote, we can have it nice and clear. There's no debate, you know, um, and it happens, but uh, smart, it's good. smart. We didn't even think of that. That's smart. <laughs> as in, have an uneven number and make sure Phil stayed on board as a standing board for, for you. <laughs> oh, both. But yeah. <laughs> he's only, what are you, Rifty, like seven months into your presidency? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So he's only new to the job. And uh, yeah, I think it definitely helped that he was, um, wasn't the vice president, was pretty much the president's right-hand man last year and has taken over and done a marvelous job in such a short period. But um, how hard is it to get playing gear and training gear over there? Um, but for gear, for uh, even though I'm not wearing one right now, this is an old hoodie. But um, for the, the on-field apparel and, and for off-field, it's it's very easy because um, O'Neill's are a, a kind of a sports clothing company. They're based in Ireland, and um, one of our players, his father, is a rep for O'Neill's. So it's very easy. Like all the clubs in in Ireland and all around Europe, they'd use O'Neill's for their Guernseys, um, for the, their togs, socks, off-field wear or whatever. It's a bit more difficult to get um to get Sharon's I guess like and any other equipment really like I mean you can use you can get cones from anywhere that kind of training equipment but um the last couple of years it's got a bit easier because AFL Europe are based in London which isn't too far away and they'll be getting Sharon's in and you just buy direct from them instead of having to ship them over from Oz. Um I know before that it was it was on eBay and you're looking at getting a footy and it's maybe $120 and then it's another $50, $60 get it shipped over. So we were buying uh, the Lyrebird version of the Sharon and three, four kicks, and that's like a like beach ball going everywhere. <laughs> so um, every three years when the International Cup was on, we'd guys coming back with an extra suitcase full of deflated Sharons and just dishing them out. The boys had given them $100 to pick one up. But um, no, you, you can get gear handy enough. Um, like we were saying earlier, the world is a bit smaller now. You can get stuff shipped. But uh, it wasn't all that easy um, a couple of years ago, you know? 
So what about um, sponsors for the club? Have you guys found it hard to get sponsorship to support the club? Um, it, like we, we're very lucky at the Lions. We've had a couple of great sponsors, like local bars and things uh, around Cork. We can just bring boys in from our own team or from the, the visiting team for the game. Going for beers after, they're, they're very accommodating. And the last couple of years, we've had um, a crowd called Blockage Busters, who are um, just a drainage company, local uh, company. Tyg, who was involved with them, was excellent to us, very helpful. And he got on board just as we, um, in 2016, just as we won. So some great photo opportunities for, for him, and it was kind of mutually beneficial. Um, it is tricky, though, because, like I said, like in the current climate especially, it's very hard to to be kind of going with your, with your cap out looking, looking for sponsorship, you know, and we wouldn't have a huge player base. Like not many people would know there's an AFL league or club, you know, um, compared to like say GA, soccer, athletics, basketball, whatever, rugby or anything. But um, I, it's, it's not hugely difficult. If, if you, like what we can offer, you, we can put the sponsor on the, on the Guernsey. We can, we have a very heavy um, social media presence, we can, if it's a venue, we can guarantee them maybe 20, 30 bodies there four or five times a year to get the money back. Um, it, it's, I'm, I'm trying to not say it is what it is because I hate that phrase, but uh, it is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's, um, we've had a couple of clubs from around the world that share the same uh, theory or thoughts as you do. We say to them, mm-hmm. that, no, don't feel bad because here in Melbourne, it's exactly the same thing. Like, it's not as easy as what clubs think it is in Australia for us to pick up sponsors. Um, so you mentioned about you, you know, have uh, go to pubs four or five times a year to pay back that money. What is the social side like of the club and like what functions do you guys hold and do you head on any end of season footy trips? Um, so yeah, like the, the functions, like after every game, the, the host club would usually run a barbecue if the weather allows, might just, have food, uh, food in the dressing rooms or whatever, a couple of beers in the, the local watering hole kind of after a game. Functions then we'd have, um, like after any tournament, like the, the Leeside League or the, the Rebel Shield, again, we'd all go to the bar, both teams or what, three teams that are involved or whatever. Um, this year, we, like we have an award ceremony at the end of every year, but this year we have our 20 year anniversary, so um, we'd be doing that too. Um. So we've been doing that too this year, 20 years, kind of just, we've named um, a 20-year team. Um, so th- like those guys will be presented with their awards and things like that. Um, footy trips then, like if you get the Champions League, it's the ultimate footy trip to Amsterdam, which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then there's, there's national tournaments. There's a European Cup. If you're on the national team, you're, you're going to a nines version, the Euro Cup. You're going to the 18-a-side version, the European Championships. And they're every... Um, alternate year, not the international cup year. Um, we like, like I said, the, the invitational tournaments like the Haggis Cup and Leprechaun Cup and the the Lions Cup and things like that. So they, they'd be the footy trips, but and any any game for us would be a kind of a, a trip out and night out anyway. Whether it's in Dublin, Galway, Belfast, North Munster, Cork, we get to the bar. Yeah, nice. Um, so you mentioned you're pretty active on social media. You. You launched an initiative called the hashtag keep the footy moving during this COVID pandemic. Oh, yeah. uh, can you sort of explain a bit about how that came about? Yes. Yeah, so like we, we'd seen, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, so you, you're in the shot and you keep the footy out of the shot and the next guy catches it and things. We'd seen a hundred clubs and loads of different sports do it, but uh, we hadn't seen an AFL one. So um, we kind of just discussed at a committee level and we said, yeah, it's a great idea. So we threw it out to our boys and they came back with some, like the outtakes of, 10 times funnier than the actual <laughs> thing itself but um then we said sure we, we might make it um we might make it a, a whole cork thing so we got onto the cit saints and ucc bombers they threw in a few clips and then we did three different jerseys and um yeah that, that's kind of how it's a golf the, the idea behind it was that everyone is kind of in lockdown so everyone's out their backyard and looking for things to do so we said look we'll add a bit of humor to it and even though our social distancing you can still train a little bit that was kind of the idea to kind of do a kick to kick while social distancing and it got a great reaction online the local uh radio stations and newspapers picked it up and kind of took off there and AFL Europe were sharing it and get asking us about it so um we might do a follow-up effort we'll see we'll see we'll see what what people think yeah that's fantastic we um done a, a similar thing not quite a kick in the footy but we organized a campaign it's called hashtags nothing's better than playing at home and we end up getting 40, 
four clubs from 26 different leagues in Victoria just to have a quick five to ten second video about um, stay at home so we can get back out and playing footy and being the organiser. Yeah, so being the organiser of that, I know how hard and how time-consuming that was to do. So I you know, tip, my cap to you, cap my, tip my cap to you for doing that. And you know, it's fantastic AFL Europe and everything got on board with that and we shared it. And if you do do another one, kick a footy over to uh, Sandown, mate. We'll kick one back to you. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, so you said you came across a mate who'd uh, had a footy and that's how you sort of found the club. But um, was that your sort of first time getting to know Aussie rules or how did you sort of come to find Aussie rules in the first place? Um, but it was it was on uh, terrestrial TV here. Um, there's a, an Irish station, uh, TG Cahar it's called, and they, they showed a compromise rules too. And they used to have a highlight show um, I don't know, was it maybe like 11 at night, twice a week? So I used to watch that when I was in school, but I, I didn't even know there was a league here. And um, that that was the first time I kind of got into it, kicking footy and stuff. But like before that, I was aware of it. I'd known of, said the likes of Ty Kennelly and Jim Steins and um, those boys that had gone over. Obviously, Satanta had gone and he was he was in the same school as I was in Izaki. So um, I, I'd, had known of the ga- I'd known of the game and I'd know the, the basics of it. But uh, that was the first time I kind of got properly involved in kicking, yeah. So who do you support in the AFL? Um, a Hawksman. Hawksman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we, we kind of, we have this thing in, in, in our own club, like why do you support, like who do you support and why do you support them? And um, when I got involved, I didn't have a club. So I started watching it a bit more and a bit more detail. And I just, I saw Cyril Rioli rip it up on, in one of the games. Don't even know who they were playing. But um, he was jinking and jumping. And I'm back. I'm, I'm not a forward at all, but he was phenomenal. And like at the time, Mitchell was playing and Haji and Buddy and everybody else. But Rioli was just a magician. So I was like, right, even if he switches clubs, I'm following that guy. And <laughs> it was, I was I was hot on him from then on. He you definitely, definitely can't blame a man for fall, falling in love with Cyril. Uh, he was yeah. something special to watch, that's for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. nice to hear um, stories how... Uh, the different stories have people around the world follow a team. Majority of them are sort of, oh, that's the team that we colours we wear. So to hear that one player stood out is actually quite cool. Um, so you mentioned that you're back. So what position do you play? Um, I, I suppose that, like I was mostly a, a fullback. Um, not from my height, I can tell you, or speed or anything like that. It was just because I was, I was clever enough to to get the boys in front of me to do the hard work and make me look good. Um, but no, I suppose I was, I was a fullback mostly. Um, I played a bit off halfback as well. I prefer that. I got a couple of runs in around the guts, but I never went any, any further than halfway. Um, I wasn't allowed and I, did, I didn't want to either. I didn't trust myself. I'm, I'm a full forward. And yeah, the hardest fullbacks to play on are the ones that are actually generals and will be telling their blokes in front of them to cover the space and to make yeah. the fullback's life a lot easier to stop the running and constant moving. So no. Uh, Smart move, Ben. The fullback, the general fullback. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that a lot of the um, the Irish guys that have come over have turned into some of the best halfbacks in in the in the competition. Like you mentioned, Tui and um, Pierce Hanley, and there's some of those. Uh, Conor Ty McKenna. Can- yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ty, you know, Ty It's uh, I don't know what it is about there. They've just got that speed and craftiness. Yeah, I think so, it's yeah. Like you have, if if you've played GA, you you know how to how to mark someone, whether you're a forward or a back. Like at, in GA, as soon as the ball goes dead at the other end, even the the full forward becomes a back. You're a defender immediately. So guys know naturally how to mark, and GA guys just love to get forward, love to travel with the ball. See, every four steps, we've got to bounce or, or take a toe tap. You might have seen Conor McKenna's toe tap back to himself, but in AFLs you can go 15 meters. So you give an Irish guy a license to go that far without having to do anything, he's going to run every single time. So I think that's why they kind of turn into maybe a halfback. Uh, it's kind of a more natural position. I suppose like specialist positions like uh, the tall forwards are on ball and rock rovers and boys like that. It's a bit tougher. You might want to get a guy who's been playing the game 10, 15 years, whereas you, you can convert a guy to a halfback pretty pretty easily, you know? That's, I don't know. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, no, I think it's a good theory. That's definitely the more successful players have made careers out of halfbacks. That's for sure. I won't, I won't lie to you. Like you mentioned, I mentioned Conor McKenna. We mentioned earlier about how um, you can teach 
when Irish players come to Australia, you can teach them pretty much from scratch. They've got the skill, but they don't know anything else. So you can teach them without bad habits. Mm-hmm. When McKenna first started for us, and I, I wasn't a fan. He used to turn the ball over. Wasn't, I just wasn't a fan. And now he's probably my favourite player for us. And, and when they were talking a couple months ago, that he's probably going to head back over to Ireland at the end of this year. I was absolutely devastated. <laughs> so it shows you just yeah. how quick they can pick the game up and like that four bounce thing. Like it absolutely shits me to tears when AFL players take four bounces or four bounces, four steps and take a bounce. But when an yeah. Irish player does it, it's sort of, yep, that's normal. Cause that's literally what their instinct is to do is take two steps, bounce. So yeah, it makes sense for the Irish players that come across here to have that uh, instinct to bounce the ball. So Ingrained in them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you've uh, been on some, you know, you've had some fair bit of success at the club uh, and, Amsterdam trips and whatnot. What's been the biggest highlight of you playing Aussie rules? Um, I see. Like there have been a few. Like I was, I was selected on the national team um, in 2010, 2011 for for a couple of years. So, um, like my, my first game wearing a, a green Guernsey was was pretty special. We played Germany. Uh, we were at, in Sweden for European Championships, and uh, my first game against Germany was it was a great moment for me. It was it was a personal highlight. Um, the following year, I got to travel to Oz for the International Cup. I was involved in that squad too. And we got a run out on, um, on the MCG for the final. We beat PNG in that final. We were, we were down quarter time, half time, three quarter time. And uh, we managed to, to take it away in the, in the final quarter. So uh, that was pretty special. But it's tough to pick one highlight. Like I, I, I was given an opportunity to captain Ireland in the absence of uh, the captain. I got captain for one tournament. Um, but it has to come back to the club. I think if, if like, if I had to pick one, one moment of my AFL career, it would be winning that first flag in 2016. 2017 was was a, a sweet victory too. But 2016, get finally getting it after whatever it was, seven eight years, been so close so many times. That that was that was probably the the highlight for me. Uh, 2016 premiership. It always seems to be the um. Doesn't matter what someone accomplishes in their career, it always comes back to that club that they've been yeah. involved with. How many games did you play for Ireland? Gee, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Roughly. I played uh, 2010 right up to 2016 was my final year. So I uh, maybe five, six games a year-ish. Um, you see, there's there's a couple of tournaments. There's the 9 side tournament and uh, the Euro Cup. That's every year. And you could get maybe six, seven games in that tournament, but they're, they're shortened games. Or then you could play the full 18 side and you might get the international cup, or you might get the European Championships. You might get five games each of those. So, I I could have played maybe 30, 40 times. Maybe again, like I could be ten out either way. There, I'm, I'm not sure. It's no, one thing I'm quite jealous of is the fact that these they're jealous of. But countries around the world, like yourself, you get to represent your country in a sport yeah. that you love. Where in Australia, even you know the best of the best don't. They get to represent their country, but in a hybrid game, they don't get to represent their country on a regular basis. In AFL, yeah. In AFL. So it's something that I'm, I guess, a little bit jealous of that you guys actually do get to accomplish and do that type of things, type of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, I must say, like, I mean, I sat at a kind of moment to myself when I was first given the, the Guernsey was presented that just sat holding it in my hands, kind of thinking it, it said Ireland across the back with my number 19. And it, it, meant, it meant a hell of a lot, I won't lie. And, I know that it must be kind of a bitter thing to say, geez, I play AFL and I'm, I, I don't get that opportunity. I suppose it could be the same for some of the hurlers here and Gaelic footballers in Ireland that they, they can't play for Ireland in, in their chosen sport either, you know? I don't know. Uh, I I'm definitely jealous. You get got to play on the G, which, um, yeah. you know, most of us in Australia dream of as little boys when we're, when we're kicking the footy out the back, we're, you know, picturing kicking it through the big sticks at the G. So, Sorry, yeah. Ricky. I was going to cut you off, mate. I actually played on the MCG. I was kick. I played for Carlton. Thought I'd uh, let you know that. I was kick. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> against Collingwood. So uh, to actually play, was... play yeah, for your, play for your country against. Um, uh, you said Papua New Guinea, I think. Um, we, we beat them in the final. Yeah, we yeah. Played, and, we actually faced um, Dave Ahaka and uh, New Zealand. We played New Zealand in the semi final, and Dave Ahaka. So we got to face that too. So no, that watching would... that on the Rugby World Cup, it, it's kind of thinking, yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit a, of a chill down the back. It would have yeah. been a pretty pretty special moment to be in the middle of the G facing off against the Haka, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And from everything we've heard, Papua New Guinea is one of the, the top teams in those Euro, uh, international cups. So, yeah, um, the, 
they don't they don't mess about those boys. They're every one of them is six foot, built like a shit house, and they can <laughs> run, kick, grab. They're they're phenomenal. Those boys. Yeah, we might have to see if that game's up on YouTube or something somewhere and watch. The, see if we can find you in action in that game. Yeah, I, I can tell you the minute and second if you like. Yes, <laughs> boys. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're gonna ask you some uh, to throw some players on your team under the bus now, uh, okay. as we like to call it. So just a f- couple little funny ones. So um, we'll just ask you couple different things you just sort of put up a player that you want to throw under the bus to see who suits this so what's the first one Ethel? uh the first one so who at the lines would you say is the fo- uh, is the ladies man or likes to think that a ladies man um we've got uh drama dave galvin we, we play poker online and he plays poker with his girlfriend in the in the video shot so he's, he's our ladies man i reckon drama yeah <laughs> uh, how about the class clown or the joker of the club I mentioned earlier we won Aussie Hingo Jason Hingston, hundred percent. Seems to be a common trend that's the Aussie bloke for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, there's usually one Aussie that fits fits uh, in one of these categories somewhere around the world. But who's the party animal? Surely that's got to be one of the Irish boys. Um, we we've got uh, Jack O'Neill uh, River. He only recently be christened River because of his poker exploits. But um, <laughs> we were organising a footy trip to Spain. He was the only new boy and he was the first guy to book his flight. <laughs> so uh, he's pretty prepared, the animal, all right? He's in UCC. He's, um, he's known for, uh, I don't know, should I be saying this, but getting discounts in off licenses and things for everybody's drink. He's a good boy. <laughs> uh, and who's the person that just takes the game far too seriously? Oh, goat. Uh, Mark Keller. He has every stat. He has every drill. Everything done down to a T. He's... Um, He's, he's a super guy as well. Mad, like great guy, great to be involved. But um, yeah, he takes it 100% seriously. So, so counting his own stats? Everybody's. I'd say he, he'd know the ins and outs of everything. AFL. Oh, jeez. All right. Shit. Yeah, he's awesome. awesome. I do love when we ask these questions and it's just bang straight away. There's no thought about, like, <laughs> oh, it could be that person, that person. All right. Um, so the mum and the dad of the club. So the two people at the lines that the club would be absolutely lost without them there. I'd, I'd hope to say that they, everyone else would say me, but um, I think it, it, Ian Sull, and um, he's our president, and never got a nickname. He's playing like 18, <laughs> 19 years, couldn't get the guy a nickname. Um, and we've another guy, Junior, uh, Paul Ryan. Um, those guys, just they, they run everything. Uh, Chris as well, our coach. But I'd say Ian Sull and Junior, they'd be, they'd be mammy and daddy, I think, yeah. Oh, awesome. All right, so... You uh, mentioned you're pretty active on social and that social uh, campaign you did. So where can everyone go to, to find out about the Leaside Lions and follow along with you guys? Um, well, it's like we're on Facebook, just Leaside Lions. We're on um, Instagram, same at Leaside Lions. We have a website, leasidelions.ie. Um, that, that's it. PRO Kyle is, uh, is the guy to get in contact with. Um, he's good. He's, he's pretty excellent. He's pretty active. And that kind of stuff. Um, that that's how you find us. Um, just if if you Google these sidelines, we're, we're going to pop up. Awesome. We'll definitely share that. And I'm I'm hopping on YouTube to try and find find some highlights of uh, Owen O'Sullivan playing for Ireland against yeah. Papua New Guinea. I see 2011. One hour, eight minutes. <laughs> I make a, I make a big smash. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, is there anything else yet, Doug? Uh, I just want to thank for joining us tonight, mate. Um. Great to have you on. It's nice to have a club from Ireland join us and talk not just about Aussie rules, but also the uh, influence the Gaelic game has on you know, our beloved game. Um, we'll try and get a, once we get into our rooms, we'll shoot off a polo shirt or a jumper or something across to the Leaside Lions. It's a bit of a thank you. And oh, a, fantastic. A bit of a mateship thing to try and keep you know, the fact that what we're doing, all clubs around the world involved with each other. And um, again, credit to you for that um, social media campaign that you started and got involved with, mate. That was a great effort. And so you, cool. you get going again, mate, let us know. We're more than happy to help out with that one. Definitely. I, like when this came up in our committee, Kyle just threw out and Ian said, oh, that, that's, that's your baby, go for it. But this is, this is a great idea. I, it was only then I looked through your webpage. So you were chatting to guys last week and um, was it Seattle or um, the, the American guys? And I can't remember what names escapes me, but this is a great initiative. Just like you said, 
you guys are, are in the in the mech of, of footy at the moment and the idea that you're even reaching out and you, you realise that the game's played in, in Europe, it's played in the US. This means a hell of a lot to us to say that like, these guys are heavily involved in AFL and, and steeped in it and we're kind of on the periphery but in your eyes we're all level. That, that's, that's amazing for us. So thanks so much for thinking of us and thanks for taking the time to, to listen to me yarn a bit. No, no, we appreciate it. We've we're learning heaps and uh, mate, we're having more fun learning about all the footy going on everywhere. It's something that we don't hear hear enough about over here. Like obviously when the international series is on, we hear a little bit, but yeah, we're, we're quickly learning. We don't know enough about all the clubs around the world that are, that are playing the game and, and we think it's fantastic. So thanks again for joining us and uh, definitely boys. enjoy the rest of your day and hopefully the, you get back to normality soon and you're able to get a game out get a game happening soon definitely yeah stay safe boys thanks a million yeah thanks, thanks mate. mate thank you thanks for watching the cobra cast with the present vp and if you need somebody to talk to why not contact new life psychology in berwick they are now taking phone appointments or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info and we are supporters of tac's towards zero campaign Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.